0: The reading is taken from the first book of John, chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world, this is how you can recognise the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You dear children are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. This is the word of the Lord.
1: How do you know if something is true? Some claims are easy to verify and others, not so much. If I were to say to you two plus two equals five, well it just takes a little bit of mathematical knowledge to be able to disprove that sort of claim. If I were to ask you who the the first governor of Hong Kong, it just takes a little historical research to find out that it was Sir Henry Pottinger. If I were to um, ask you to prove to me that the earth was round or, or flat, you would be able to do so with a few Uh, simple experiments, despite what people on YouTube might say. But how can you verify spiritual truth claims? If somebody claims to have a special relationship with God, how do we know whether they're telling the truth? If somebody claims to have special experiences of God's Spirit, how do we know? And if somebody claims to have a word from God, how could we verify that claim? Well, the Apostle John is writing to a church in this letter that has become uncertain about spiritual claims, spiritual truths. You see, some people who had formerly been part of that church uh, left, and they left the teaching of the Apostles and went after other teachings about Jesus. And they were making big claims about the spiritual experiences that they were having. Uh, And Christians still in the church Well, they were beginning to wonder, have we really got this right? Uh, Have the apostles really told us the truth? And throughout this letter, John has been trying to reassure these Christians and and tell them, stick with what you've heard. Stick with the true faith. Um, And along the way in the letter, he's been trying to give them Uh, some handholds on the true faith that will help them distinguish what is spiritually true and uh, what is verifiably false. What does teaching error look like? And in this morning's readings, uh, the command that we are given as Christians is to test the spirits. Test the spirits. In verse 1, he said, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit but test the Spirit to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world." Now, there is spiritual truth, and there is spiritual falsehood. And and Christians are commanded not to be naïve, but to test the claims that others make, to see whether they are from God. Now, you and I have access to far more religious teaching than anyone else in all of history had. You know, we can order any book to our doorway. In in a matter of days, it will be delivered to our door. Uh, We can listen to preachers from around the world on YouTube or or subscribe to their podcast and hear what they're teaching. We can participate in internet forums with tens of thousands of other people claiming to be Christians. And so, If it was true in the first century to the church that John is writing to that you have to test the claims of the people saying they're Christians, then it's all the more true for people living in our connected era. Because there are, according to John, many false prophets who have gone out into the world. And so in these verses, John gives us uh, two tests to apply and one reassurance. Two tests to apply and one encouragement to hold on to. I think we're going to find these very practical as we explore them together. So, first, the two tests to apply, and these are from verses 2 to 3 and from verses 5 to 6. Notice that uh, whether or not somebody is preaching truth or falsehood has nothing to do with their follower count on social media. It has nothing to do with how captivating they are as a speaker. It has nothing to do with how they make us feel, and it has nothing to do with the miracles that accompany them. And none of those things tell us whether the message that they're preaching is true or not. Rather, John gives us two tests. Other parts of the Bible, they give us other tests. Uh, Jesus gives us uh, some tests asking, um, does this person bear fruit? But but John gives us two tests, and the first test is this. Do they have the right view of Jesus? Do they have the right view of Jesus? Verses 2 and 3. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. Do they have the right view of Jesus? Uh, So that begs the question, what is the right view? It's that Jesus is both fully God and fully man at the same time. Fully God, meaning He eternally existed, and uh, He existed as the divine Son of God the Father. Uh, That's what Christ uh, really means. And fully human, meaning that He has come in the flesh. He has come to earth in the flesh. Uh, The false teachers of John's day, they were perhaps trying to separate these things out, maybe saying that, Christ was divine, but he only appeared to be human. Or maybe that uh, Jesus was just a man, but the the divine descended on him for a temporary period of time and then departed from him. But whatever the specifics of what these false teachers were teaching in John's day, we can see that same anti-Christ spirit uh, being taught today. we see it at work, In false cults. Jehovah's Witnesses say that Jesus was created by God and is a God, but he's not the creator God himself. Mormons believe that Jesus was not always God, but became a God by being obedient, and that we too can become gods like Jesus. And various cults have claimed, uh, have had leaders who have claimed to be. Jesus reincarnated. So it's not that he has come, but that he uh, keeps coming or or is now come. You might remember that megachurch in South Korea that um, was at the center of their coronavirus outbreak, the Shinjoji. I'm sure I butchered that pronunciation, but uh, that church is led by a man who claims to be uh, Jesus Christ himself incarnate. He has 200,000 followers, 200,000 people who have been fooled by this anti-Christ spirit. But all these teachings and many others besides uh, are motivated by that same anti-Christ spirit because they all separate the human nature of Jesus from the divine nature of Jesus. Now, that's one end of the spectrum, but I suppose most of us, if we're members of Resurrection Church, are probably not likely to be drawn aside by these cults. As in John's day, false teaching can be much more subtle, and so we have to pay close attention to the books that we read, uh, the podcasts that we listen to, the preachers uh, that we recommend to ourselves, to others. We have to to see what they're teaching about Jesus, and not just what they're positively teaching, but what are they leaving out. that's so important as well. Are they suggesting that Jesus got most of what he taught right, but a, a few things here and there wrong? Because how does that square with the idea that he is the eternal God himself? And are they making him out to be just a good moral teacher? Because how does that match up with the truth that he conquered death and rose to new life? And do they say that the actual historical details of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, they don't matter so much? Well, how can they affirm then that he came in the flesh if they can't say anything about his life? First, do they have the right view of Jesus? And secondly, the second test, do they have the right view of the Bible? This is from verses 5 and 6. They're from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize, the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood." When John says that uh, they listen, everyone who listens to us, he means particularly us the apostles, the eyewitnesses who saw and heard and touched Jesus in the flesh, who Jesus sent out with his authoritative message, and who eventually recorded that message in writing in the New Testament. So, a person's attitude towards the Bible, actually, tells us whether they speak from the spirit of truth or from the spirit of error. The people who know God are the ones who hear and believe the Bible. Most of us uh, have visited a a foreign country, at least. Some of us have lived in a foreign country. Uh, Many of us watching this will be living in Hong Kong, a a country that we were not born in. And you know then what it's like when you are out on public transport and you can't understand the conversations of the people around you. Uh, You can't read the signs as you go by. And, and you kind of grow used to being completely in your own world, uh, detached from what's going on around you, what's being said around you. Uh, even if you speak Cantonese, perhaps you've had this experience in uh, Japan or, or Korea or elsewhere. But then sometimes you're out and about and you suddenly you hear your language. And your ear immediately begins tuning out all the other people speaking around and tuning in to that conversation. I had this experience just a couple weeks back. I was eating at a restaurant with Catherine and the people next to me, uh, next to us at the table next to us, were talking about American politics and uh, speaking in English. And I had a hard time not eavesdropping on their conversation. Catherine says I'm particularly bad at... um, uh, being able to tune out other people. I couldn't help but eavesdrop because my ears automatically tuned in, because I could hear their language and I could understand. And John is saying that the same thing happens spiritually speaking. Now, Christians have a spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. And so when they hear the message of the Bible, faithfully taught, They they tune into it. It's like they're hearing a native language in a a foreign land. Preachers and teachers who faithfully teach the Bible are speaking from God's point of view, not the world's point of view. And those who know God and are indwelt by His Spirit will listen to them. Uh, But those who have the spirit of falsehood they reject the Bible as, as a native, or as a foreign language rather, uh, and they tune in to the language of the world, the world's message, because that's their native language. Uh, so the world goes looking for people who speak their language from their viewpoint. And preachers and teachers who speak the world's language often get a tremendous hearing. They, they fill stadiums, they get book deals, they go viral on social media by preaching the message that the world wants to hear. And we could think of any number of examples. Let me just give you a few. Preachers who say that God has, all, has promised to always heal miraculously, to always make us rich, that his, de- his desire for all of us is that we're rich, and that he will give us success in love or in business or in, um, in life. Those sorts of preachers fill stadiums across the world because the world loves to hear that they can live their best life now because the world doesn't believe that there's a life to come. And the biblical message that commands us to die to ourselves, to take up our cross and to follow Jesus, well, that just doesn't sell that many books. And there are teachers who say that God would never condemn people to hell and that everyone will be saved in the end. Now, they'll have articles written about them in prestigious periodicals, uh, newspapers and magazines about their daring stance, their, their loving position, their loving message. But the Bible teacher who faithfully teaches what the Lord Jesus taught, the warnings about the real dangers of hell, well they will be called unloving despite the fact that they are uh, only repeating what the most loving man in history taught. A world in rebellion against God cannot be expected to hear and accept the message of the Bible, God's truth. They prefer the spirit of falsehood. Spiritual truth is spiritually discerned true Christian teachers will preach the message they have received from the apostles. The Jesus they preach will be the Jesus the apostles preached, the the, the Jesus the apostles saw, the Jesus the apostles heard and, and touched. That will be what faithful Christian teachers teach. They'll submit to the authority of the Word of God, the Bible, not the authority the world. So though the world would love for them to preach one message, every time the faithful Bible teacher uh, will go to the Bible rather than to the world. And Christians, true Christians, genuine Christians, will listen uh, to those faithful teachers speaking their language. And each of us, every person watching this, is commanded to test the spirits and see which is which. I hope as you listen to me week by week, you will test what I say uh, against the Jesus we know from Scripture, against uh, the whole of the witness of the Bible. I hope that you will test what your growth group leaders are teaching uh, against the Bible, against God's truth. Do we have the right view of Jesus? Are we faithful to what the Bible says? If we are, if I am, uh, then you know that the spirit of truth is at work. So those are the two tests. And now, the encouragement to hold on to. Now, tucked between those two tests is is a verse that's so encouraging, so good, For Christians to read. That's verse 4 of chapter 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The reality is that many false prophets have gone out into the world, says John, and the world loves to hear them Uh, They will spread their antichrist message uh, throughout the world and try to deceive all who listen to them. They are backed by the devil who prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And yet Christians have no need to worry because the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. The Holy Spirit indwells us. He overcomes the world. He helps us to distinguish truth from falsehood so that we will not be deceived. Uh, He points us back to the Lord Jesus, who came in the flesh, and he helps us submit to the truth of the Bible. And nothing that the devil does, nothing that false teachers do will be able to persuade a genuine Christian uh, to turn from the Spirit of Truth. Every genuine Christian will remain a genuine Christian until the very end, not because we're so smart, uh, not because we're so well-taught, or so strong, or so determined. No, uh, we may be some of those things, but that's not why we'll stand to the end. Christians will stand to the end of their lives as Christians, because God's Spirit dwells in us, and He will lead us safely through. Let me pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank You that uh, You came in the flesh to reveal Yourself to us. We thank You that You sent Your apostles to carry the message on, to write it down, uh, to give us the Bible that we can trust, And I pray that you would give every person listening today a discerning spirit to test the spirits that they hear and know whether they're from you or from elsewhere. And I pray for your help in Jesus' name. Amen.